Welcome, everybody, once again to the Pittsburgh Oddcast. My name is Andrew Lindbergh. I'm the producer of the program, and with me, as always, is Mr. Odd, John Chalkowski. Hello. So, Andrew, we uh, already explored, at least a little bit, uh, the origin of the names behind Pittsburgh areas and villages and boroughs and municipalities and, and mountains, and now... We're going to dive right back in. After the episode came out about two weeks ago, we uh, actually received some fan mail uh, for the first time. So that's uh, it's pretty cool. So I uh, and with suggestions of uh, some new areas we could talk about for our second uh, episode here. And uh, we're going to go right into it. So uh, first one, uh, this is from Jeff Picar. I hope I'm saying your name right. But uh, he asked... We talked about Shadyside last time, but Ellsworth Avenue, who, what's Ellsworth Avenue named after? And I thought that was a pretty interesting question because uh, it was actually named after a guy named Elmer E. Ellsworth, and he was the first known death in the American Civil War. Elmer Ellsworth. Elmer Ellsworth. Elmer E. Ellsworth. Yes. Um, A name that was not meant to be forgotten. So, as you know from last, if you listen to last episode, we we talk about the importance of the names of the places in Pittsburgh and how they weren't just named for fun. They were named with a purpose, uh, a purpose to, to to keep the memories of the people who've come before us alive and to keep the history of our town and the history of these, these people, um, keep it going forward and to always be on the tip of our tongue, like an Ellsworth. Uh, well now you can appreciate who this man really was. Elmer Ellsworth, uh, Robert E. Lee jr. And his name was not a coincidence. His family's actually from Ireland, he says in his email. <laughs> so, but uh, he asks about a little bit about Point Breeze. I do have to talk about, you remember how the last episode we talked about this guy named William Wilkins? Like Judge Wilkins, you know, he had that, uh, all these uh, different, well, Homewood was named after him, his house. Uh, he was a big prominent judge. Yes. I didn't realize that this guy wasn't just a U.S. judge. He was also a general, a congressman, a senator. The Minister of Russia and the Secretary of War. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. So I had, a, I had to mention all that, uh, all those accomplishments, because that is a lot. And uh, he's not just some random judge in Allegheny County. That town also belonged to William Wilkins, and it was also the Point Breeze. Point Breeze was named after not a, uh, a wind or anything by that nature, which sometimes these places are literally named after what you see, like Green Tree. Green Tree, remember, was named after an old tavern called the Green Tree Inn, and they just called the area around that. Well, the same thing is with Point Breeze, which was an old bar that people called Point Breeze. It was located at the crossroads of Penn and Fifth Avenue today. Back then, it was the Greensburg, Pike, and Fourth Street, though. Mm. But yeah, it was another one of these areas that was named after a local tavern. Which is pretty cool. Shows you how important taverns were, I guess, to early Pittsburghers. Still are to many. And thank you, everybody, for who sent comments. And I, I try to answer you directly on my page or through email about your very specific questions because some of them were very specific, you know, about your specific street. Uh, for example, a house uh, I grew up on a road called L Rose, and it always mystified me, right? Well, it was actually the two wives of the people who built the land, Eleanor and Rose. And they just combine their names to make Elrose. So sometimes that's how the the origin of these names of the streets and neighborhoods come to be. They're just a combination of two people's names. Uh, a good example of that is Verona. 
Verona was named after two farmers, two families, the Verner family and the Lona family. And uh, when the Pennsylvania Railroad came through, they decided to combine the two railroad stops into Verona. <laughs> but that's how that got its name. So it's a, a good example of an area like that. Um, but let's talk about uh, McKee's Rocks. That's my hometown. So McKee's Rocks. Who was this McKee, right? So Alexander McKee is the McKee of McKee's Rocks. And it was literally named after his rocks. <laughs> and uh, when I say his rocks, I'm talking about the ancient Indian burial mounds that were left over from the Adena people which were on top of this large area in McKee's Rocks. And it was such a prominent geological feature in early Pittsburgh that even when George Washington came through here, he wrote in his journal about visiting McKee and McKee's Rocks. And uh, just a strange area to many early and always fascinated people way back in Pittsburgh history. Um, it goes along with uh, places like Neville Island. So what's Neville Island named after? Right. Robert Neville. Robert Neville, yes. Oh, it is? No. Oh. Uh, General John Neville. Oh, John Neville. Who was the tax collector during the Whiskey Rebellion, uh, which is not a good position to be in. No. No. Uh, they tarred and feathered the tax collectors during the Whiskey Rebellion. So, uh, But that was his plantation, home to, I think according to the census, 100 slaves? Probably, if he was a tax collector during the Whiskey Rebellion. <laughs> so, yeah, Some Neville Island, well. you know, a, a plantation owned by John Neville. Um, so the area by Duquesne University, right, where mm-hmm. they used to call the Bluff District way back in the day because it was high on a bluff. But uh, this guy named William Price moved into town there. This is before Duquesne University was founded. And he started making clay pipes, and they called that whole area Pipe Town. Pipe Town, USA. Pipe Town, USA. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Ben Avon? Right, Ben Avon is actually a Scottish term for hill for water. Ben Avon. Yeah, that's not bad, right? Uh, Avalon right next door, right? That's the land of apples. That's what Avalon means. And it comes from an ancient Greek legend. Avalon. Oh, I thought Ben Avon was like a part of Avalon, like Ben Avalon. No, not, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Avon being water, right? Uh, loose translation. Uh, speaking of the, uh, well, the opposite of water, liquor, right? A little area called the South Side and West End was a reg- uh, was originally called Temperanceville. So Temperanceville meaning temperance, meaning that there's no liquor allowed. And in fact, uh, the man who did this, this guy named I.B. Warden, he's the one who named it Temperanceville. And he required that all property owners sign like a waiver that there be no liquor allowed on this premises or on that land. You know, but uh, it was a hard rule to enforce even back in the 1830s and 1840s, and eventually it became the uh, land of liquor <laughs> in Pittsburgh, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. The opposite of Temperanceville, non-Temperanceville. Um, have you heard of an area called Brushton? Yes. Right. That's Jared Brush. He was a mayor of Pittsburgh. Right. So uh, some areas are just named after somebody prominent in the local business, so you don't forget them. Uh, I'm sure people could... Uh, Read off just the list of mayors, you know, we've had over the over the last hundred years. Uh, but Jared Brush was one of those, and he was a mayor of Pittsburgh. Well, it's kind of funny how some of these places you think are named after, or named after like, brush or tree. Right. You think green tree. Well, that was named after a green tree. No, right. it was named after a tavern. In Brushton, there was maybe a lot of brush around. No, that was a guy. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the same goes for... Uh, 
A good example of that would be that Oakland that we talked about in the last episode. Oakland, uh, Oakland was named after some guy named William Eichbaum, where Eichbaum, last name, literally translate in German to oak tree. So, Oakland, you know? And uh, sometimes, yeah, it's very literal. Other times, it's what you see, like Bloomfield was named after literal blooming field of flowers. So, uh, other times, it's just uh, what someone comes up with because they, they feel like it. And... Uh, that's what amazes me. I mean, I wish that was my job, like just to name things. You know, we could have uh, you can just based on whatever I felt at the moment. You know, of recognizing uh, that would be a, such an amazing job. Um, Troy Hill or Mount Troy, right? Uh, that was all named by Elizabeth Seymour, and she named it after her hometown of Troy, New York. Is what that was named after. It wasn't named after some like ancient Mount Troy. It was named after Troy, New York, New York. which was in turn named by of Troy of Sparta, you know, in Greece. Uh, Larimer, right? Bill Larimer. He was a surveyor and explorer, also the founder of Denver, Colorado. Oh wow! <laughs> For some reason they called Larimer, um, you know, after him. Uh, Chartiers or the Chartiers Valley. Uh, that was after Pierre Chartiers, and he was a French fur trader who established a trading post right there um, where we later call that area Chartiers. And it, and sometimes it's the places are named like that because of who lives there. So Pierre Chartier, you're going to go visit him, so let's go down the road to Chartiers. That's just the name stuck. <laughs> well, I think a lot, of play, a lot of streets are named after, like, the first family that was there. Yeah. Um, you know, I li- I grew up on a street called Midway, so mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that means it's the midway point between the beginning of the town and the end of the town. Right. But, you know, again, I don't know for sure. I'm just kind of guessing. Right. There could be a Mr. Midway. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, yeah, yeah, that's usually true. I mean, sometimes it's just based upon, you know, what you see and was what you get, really. Um, Highland Park. So that was all the Negley land at one time, right? But that was uh, later uh, surveyed uh, by a guy named Robert Highland who decided to name a road after himself, Highland Avenue, and the park, Highland Park. That's just that simple. Um, you know, I would have thought along the lines of Carnegie and being from Scotland and the right. Highlands. Right. No. Yeah. In fact, uh, Robert Highlands' last name is spelled H-I-L-A-N-D. So no G-H. Uh, it's a common misspelling. The same thing happens all over Allegheny County. You know, sometimes somebody's name is Highland spelled that way, but the road named after them is spelled with a G-H. <laughs> Um, you'll see that we Americanize lots of names. Uh, Castle Shannon is a previous, a prime example. So Castle Shannon was originally named Castle Shanahan, right? And, uh, it was named after a town in Ireland, uh, named Shanahan. Uh, but just through time, people, whether they were lazy or something, or just wanted to make it easier for people to say, even though, you know, Shanahan's pretty easy to say, (laughs) they decided just to call it Castle Shannon. I know a lot of Shanahan's. <laughs> yeah, that you do. Um, Fox Chapel. I always thought it was because it was like, you know, an area where foxes lived or, you know, prime hunting ground for foxes. Or a church. Right. Yeah, yeah exa- exactly. And that's exactly what it was named after. It was named after a church, <laughs> a Methodist church that was founded by John Fox. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So after he passed away, they named it right after him. Um Mexican War Streets. So even though it sounds obvious, and it is, 
the streets that were named directly after battles that were in the Mexican-American War were Buena Vista, Monterey, Palo Alto, Resaca Place, Sherman, and Taylor. They're all battles in the Mexican War. You know, the Mexican War. I actually look up additional battles just to see if there was like some other ones that our names could have been. And uh, there was a lot. Uh, the Battle of Los Angeles was one of those. You know, we could have had a Los Angeles street for all, all we know. Uh, Tarentum. So that's an interesting one. I, I always heard the story. Uh, my One of my old bosses, uh, this beer distributor I used to work at, used to uh, tell me the origin of Tarentum. That was his go-to joke. <laughs> he said somebody bottled the land, you know, and some guy asked him, say, hey, you know, what are you calling this place? And the guy says, to rent them. And he goes, why? And he goes, well, see that hill over there and all those buildings? I'm going to rent them, you know, to rent them. So the, uh, that's, that's this guy's claim to fame is his most clever joke. We never apparently. forgot it. I did not forget it. That's correct. So it did stick. Uh, however, it was ra- named after Toronto, which is the Apulia region of Italy. So uh, that's how it's actually got its name. It was named after this guy's hometown in Italy. Torrentum or Toronto. Kilbuck? Kilbuck Township? Yeah, what's that mean? What's a, what's a Kilbuck, right? Uh, the, his real name was Galilamend or Chief Kilbuck. And he was uh, went up the ranks all the way up until he became the chief of the Delaware Native Americans. And he was the one who supported the American cause in the revolution against the British. Uh, and he was instrumental in many different things here in Pittsburgh. And I even had an island named after it at one time, which is where the Carnegie Science Center is. Uh, was a, There was a little island there called Kilbuck Island or Smoky Island, sometimes they used to call it. So, moon. It is just named after the moon. Named however, after the moon. However, uh, there are other moons. So, like, uh, there's... Um, in North Park, for example, there's a moon pavilion. Okay, in North Park is a prime example, and South Park as well. You see all these different pavilions, all named after something different. Um, or uh, in North Park, you have J.C. Stonefield, right? Who was a soldier that was killed in Vietnam. So, but Moon, there was an actual family with the last name of Moon who owned land, a farm in North Park, and that was named after the family and not the celestial object. So. There still is debate of Moon Township, whether that was named after a family as well or after the moon itself. Uh, Because, for prime example, Apollo is not named after some kind of NASA mission. You know, this is Apollo. It was called that way back when. Um, But again, that was uh, called after because of the sun, you know, and Apollo, the Greek god with the the sun. Uh, However, that didn't happen until 1848 because you know what Apollo used to be called? What? Ed Warren's Sleepy Place. That was its official name. That was its official name. (laughs) Yeah, it stood until 1858. I mean, that would be a pain in the butt for... Sleepy Place. (laughs) Warren's Sleepy Place. That'd be a pain in the butt for writing a letter, but... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I like better, because Apollo is pretty good. It is. It is. I'll say Apollo's Sleepy Place. There we go. go. (laughs) Problem solved. Coriopolis? That's a weird one, right? What's a Coriopolis? It's actually a Greek word for maiden city. Coriopolis. Yeah. 
And it's not named after a person named Cora or anything like that. Uh, yeah, Coriopolis. Uh, it was used to be called Middletown, but there were so many Middletowns in Pennsylvania. You know, you're writing a letter to somebody in Middletown, PA. It could go anywhere. So uh, Coriopolis. Uh, Mars. So we, we jump way north now. Mars. So um, used to be called Overbrook. And it was called Overbrook all the way up until 1882. Uh, and it was called Overbrook because there was this guy named Sam Parks who built a uh, grist mill, which is a uses the water power to uh, grind your uh, grain. And they built it over top of Breakneck Creek, right off of the Conquinescent Creek, which is a Native American word. Uh, I love the Breakneck Creek. I mean, what a what a great name! Like, how did that get its name? Right? Like, uh, I don't know. So, um, however, um, they he hired this guy to kind of work at the grist mill, a guy named Sam Marshall. And rumor has it. That in 1882, when they wanted to change the name from Overbrook, because there was more Overbrooks uh, appearing in Pennsylvania as well, they used Sam Marshall's last name, Mars, Marshall, and that's how they got the name, and not after the planet. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was the biggest surprise to me. However, it still cannot really be proven, because there's nothing in the papers or that say, you know, we called it mars because of this it, it's it's based on just previous written histories and as far as we know samuel marshall who was one of the earliest settlers there uh named it after himself mars weird huh well now you get it confused and think you're going to marshall's the department store that was called <laughs> marshall's right. pa you're right mars mars the department store um you know nearby well not really nearby but farther even farther north the the last one in your phone book Zelianople. How did it get its name? Take a wild guess. Zeely. The guy, Bob Zeely. Bob Zeely. That's right. Uh, no. Uh, named after the daughter of Baron Detmer Bass. <laughs> he had a daughter named Frederica, who had her favorite doll, who she called Zeely. So it's named after a doll. That's right. Like like Chucky, <laughs> <You know? laughs> or Slappy. So Zeely City, Zeely, yeah, Zeely and Opal. Opal, you know, of course, city from Greek, right? So yeah, Zeely Doll City. Yeah, I guess it would be. Uh, but this this Baron uh, Baron Detmer Base or B A S S E. So, but say, uh, was a German man came from Frankfurt, Germany, settled uh, in the Butler County, bought ten thousand acres up there. Uh, and and Zelianople, uh, and even built himself. You know, this is early, early 1800s. This is before 1820, right? And he comes there and builds a castle called the ba- Bassenheim Castle, complete with turrets, a moat, <laughs> drawbridge, <laughs> the works. Yeah, and it burned down in the 1840s. But that'd be pretty incredible to find a you know drawing of or a photo of. Yeah, the Bassenheim Castle. What was he getting ready for? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, there's a weird photo of him on uh, Google. If you just type in uh, a Bassenheim Castle or a Baron Bassey, uh, you'll find it. It's pretty cool. Uh, nearby, you got Elwood City, right? So who is this Elwood? Is he a famous movie director like Ed Wood or, you know, El- Elwood or Elwood? But there was a guy, Isaac Elwood, had nothing to do with the township other than the fact that he invented something. That pretty much everyone in the township or in any farm uses probably to this day. And he 
Isaac Elwood was the founder and the inventor of barbed wire. Not just any barbed wire, like the barbed wire. He came up with the concept, start patenting it, and would bend the wire himself with pliers and sell this. And eventually got so big that it was bought out by U.S. Steel and became U.S. Steel. So that's like the origin of U.S. Steel. Like the earliest known thing was this, you know, the invention of barbed wire. Uh, it's just crazy how those, um, how, how quick that, you know, can spread and that uh, those names, you know, like of someone that you didn't never step foot in there. And maybe you did. I don't know. But he never, uh, you never lived there. I know that. So you have areas just named in honor, like Garfield, like we did before, mm-hmm. like, you know, after the, after the cat, of course, you know, <laughs> and uh, Odie Avenue. <laughs> so the, uh, really <clears throat> the president, though. That's right. Was- uh, schools. The names of some Pittsburgh schools are, uh, we, you know, we, we covered Duquesne and we covered Pitt, right, last episode, where, you know, the Marquis Michelangelo Duquesne and William Pitt, uh, who was also the Earl of Chatham, which is how Chatham University got its name. Uh, not until 1955 the Chatham changed its name to that. Uh, it used to be the Pennsylvania College for Women. But um, Chatham after William Pitt. Carlo, right, so Carlo was named after County Carlo, Ireland. However, uh, it was originally Carlaw, like a Gaelic mm-hmm. saying, which translates to four lakes. So Carlo means four lakes. Pretty interesting. wonder if they know that they can incorporate that into their- I don't think they do. That's why I'm mentioning it. <laughs> incorporate that into their logo. Yeah, it actually is really cool. It's a cool uh, saying. Uh, Robert Morris- so, you know, who was this Robert Morris? He was the uh, considered the financier of the American Revolution. His name is on the Declaration of Independence. It is. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and the financier of the Revolution, considered uh, that gave the most money. Thus the Colonials. It's and, a, and that's why the school's named for him, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. their mascot, the Colonials. That's right. And uh, La Roche. So, uh, named after a mother superior of the Sisters of the Divine Providence who are still there today, uh, created in the 1960s, Stephanie Amelia LaRoche von Starkenfels. That was her full name. And uh, LaRoche named after her. The first mother superior of the Sisters of the Divine Province. Interesting stuff. Now we go, you know, you're on roads for a long time, and all of a sudden, oops, there's a tunnel. Right? We know Squirrel Hill Tunnel. We know Squirrel Hill means, right? This hill of many squirrels. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the Fort Pitt, you know, tunnel, the Liberty Tunnel. Um, but what about the Armstrong Tunnel? You know, what, what was that? For 20 years, okay, um, a, ma- a former mayor and later county commissioner of Allegheny County, uh, Joseph G. Armstrong, for 20 years tried to get this tunnel made, and they finally did, and he got his name on it. And that's who Armstrong Tunnel was named after. That was 1927 is when that happened. The Wabash Tunnel, that was named after the Wabash-Pittsburgh Railroad, which opened in 1903. But prior to that, it was an actual battle in the Mexican-American War. Um, so the uh, Corliss Tunnel, named after the – it opened in 1914. Uh, it was just a railroad station that was there by the uh, Pennsylvania Railroad. And you'll notice, like, even on old trolley stops, like um, – you know, the North Hills, you had this, this trolley line that came through there, the uh, the Pittsburgh Harmony and Butler Newcastle Railroad, uh, it was called. And based upon where different farms were, where they felt like a stop would be, that's just what the 
stop was called. So you had like the midnight stop, the ivory stop, the you know, so on and so forth. Just like you have exits on a on an interstate today, uh, those names just kind of stuck, and it's been like that ever since. Same thing goes for some of these tunnels and rivers and and thing other things that you know we've been around. The rivers, of course, being named uh, Ohio after blood, and Monongahela after falling banks, and Allegheny after the ancient race of giants who once <laughs> inhabited Western Pennsylvania. Episode one. Episode one. Episode one. <laughs> Hospitals. So Allegheny General, that's pretty general. You know, we can uh, figure that one out. Children's Hospital, right? We can get, you know, it's not named after adults. <laughs> so, um, however, McGee Woman's Hospital. So Christopher McGee uh, was a astute politician, early political boss. Uh, he started working for the mayors at age 16. Uh, eventually became the city treasurer and uh, worked his way through just through all the different politics in early Pittsburgh, uh, turn of the century Pittsburgh. Uh, he was active in the business world. He was active like he had natural gas uh, holdings, real estate, newspaper, transportation companies. Uh, he was the owner of Duquesne Garden, uh, where hockey had its birth here in Pittsburgh. Also, uh, he's the one who donated uh, the area for the zoo and bought all the animals. And he's the one who founded McGee Women's Hospital. He named it after his mother, Elizabeth Steele McGee. Mercy Hospital. Mercy Hospital is the oldest hospital in Pittsburgh. So that goes all the way back to 1848, when the early kind of formation of Mercy Hospital by the Sisters of Mercy uh, is who they're named after. But it was the uh, the first hospital in the country, in this whole area that allowed any race, any creed, any male, female, rich or poor, didn't matter. If you were sick, you'd come to that hospital and they'll take care of you. Uh, that was a big distinction. And uh, one that was fought against by the early um, anti-Mason League or the uh, other political parties that were once here in Pittsburgh. They fought against free medicine uh, and what they were doing, Sisters of Mercy. In fact, in 1850, when the mayor, uh, this guy named Joseph Barker, was elected mayor, uh, he put the, the Mother Superior of Mercy, the Sisters of Mercy, in jail for that exact reason, for giving out free medicine. Well, imagine that today. Like, yeah, I know. Who who could imagine? The mayor know? puts a uh, nun in jail. Yeah, for yeah. free for, for, for free providing medicine. free care. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Uh, Montefiore. That was named after Sir Moses Montefiore. He was a knighted British Jew uh, who was very prominent in the Jewish community here and active in the Land of Israel congregation. Uh, it was found in 1905 in Oakland, and then later, you know, just moved locations a little bit uh, to Hill District. Then back to Oakland. Passivant, same named after a priest, the Reverend William Passivant, uh, began all the way back in 1849. I had no idea that Passivant was like that old. I always yeah. just assumed it was just that new one in the North Hills, uh, which was opened up in the 1960s. But yeah, all the way back in 1849. Uh, originally it was down in Allegheny City. Presbyterian, of course, Shady Side. It's always, you know, we know that how that comes from. Um, St. Francis Hospital, Sisters of St. Francis, St. Joseph's, St. Joseph, of course, St. Margaret's, you know, these are all just great hospitals, carry on the tradition of uh, showing mercy towards others, you know, the promotion of free medicine and take care of your fellow people. There's a couple of Pittsburgh sayings or Pittsburgh specific items. So we know Permanis were named after brothers, right? And Permani mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, however, did you know, most people do 
but I didn't know uh, the origin of the Turkey Devonshire. I don't. So Turkey Devonshire sandwich, okay, is a hot open face turkey sandwich, you know, with bacon, tomato, and uh, and uh, like a cheese sauce. Okay, and it was created right here in Pittsburgh, uh, right in between Shadyside and and Oakland, um, by a guy named Frank Blandy. And it was at the Stratford Club, which was located at the corner of Center Avenue and Millvale. Okay, and uh, he just thought it uh, nearby, like less than a block away from there, a fancy name street, Devonshire, was there that he walked past every day. And he just said, you know what, that sounds like a good, cool, fancy name. I'm going to call it Turkey Devonshire. <laughs> and he did. Now, why it's of mention is because that terminology of like a sandwich named after a certain person or a thing ranks him in like the top 30, 40 known sandwiches. So the, what I mean by that is I could go anywhere in the country and order a turkey Devonshire, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I couldn't go to uh, Alaska and order Permanis. You know, there's a difference between a Permanis, which is locally famous, and, of course, famous people know about it. However, I couldn't order a Permanis in Detroit. Right. <laughs> but I could order a turkey Devonshire. That makes it's, it, it means it's in a different league than the Permanis. <laughs> so it's up there with Sloppy Joe. Um, you know, the, uh, grilled cheese, peanut butter and jelly, fluff and nutter. Yeah. It's in that level. The Rachel, the Reuben. The Reuben. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's, a the club sandwich. I mean, th- that's a pretty prestigious, uh, list to be on. Club. I mean, I, that's cool that we have that. I don't think people, uh, promote that enough here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Turkey Devonshire, man. That's, that's where it's at. Right. Uh, another thing is Pittsburgh rare. You hear this terminology, uh, especially if you're a fan of steak, you're Pittsburgh rare. Um, and that, with the origin, of that, what, what that is, is a, is a steak that's seared real you know, quick on each side of the steak. You know, just like make it almost black. And uh, with the middle and the inside of it being still kind of rare, or, or you could actually technically cook it however you want, but the point is the outside needs to be burnt or, or crisp, uh, searing in all the flavor. Uh, the origin of that came from the Pittsburgh steel mills, where people would bring steaks. I don't know why you'd do this, but people did. And uh, they bring a steak, and they because of the how hot some of the things were in the still mills, you could just slap that steak on there, and it would sear it in all its different sizes, and it was cooked, ready to go. And uh, it's called Pittsburgh Rare. And you can go to California and order a steak Pittsburgh Rare. This is another thing that's, that's in the, the lexicon of uh, American food culture. What to leave you with? with the origin of all these streets and locations and names is just like last time, you know, it's a, it's meant as a way to number one, remember the dead. So it's important to seek out this information yourself as well. I mean, like with not too much effort, you know, you could pretty much track down with some of these areas were once called or once named or who these people were. And it would be beneficial to you and beneficial to their memory. So just, uh, you know, give them a couple minutes of your time. Well, that sounds like we need to probably at some point have a part three. For sure. I mean, there's so many to talk about and so many different uh, areas. I mean, we didn't even talk about uh, other food, like just Pittsburgh items like Klondike Bar, right? Or uh, Kennywood. Uh, Different call letters like uh, WQED. It's Quad Erot Demonstratium. Or that which will be demonstrated. 
So these things were named for a purpose, you know, with, with a purpose in mind. And I'll leave you with this uh, last tale here of the origin of the Pittsburgh sports names. So the Pittsburgh Steelers is pretty obvious, right? The steel mills, the steel industry here in Pittsburgh. That is why they were called the Steelers. It wasn't because they stole things. So it was the Steelers, the steel industry. The hypo, what do they call them? Hypocyclids? Hypocycloids. Yeah, hypocycloids, you know, which are the, the, the little diamonds that are on the side of their helmets are the, the emblem for steel. So it's a... Uh, Interesting how that comes to be. The Penguins was named after a long – they put a competition out there in the newspapers. They said, like, hey, anybody got a name for a team, go ahead and write here to the Post-Gazette and we'll, we'll give you a, uh, you know, a reward and season tickets for life. That was part of the deal. And a little girl named Emma Roberts won that competition with the choosing of the name of the Penguins. However, the wife of the owner of the Penguins is the one who really came up with the name. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, they had the name already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, she's the one who kind of remarked that Civic Arena kind of looks like an igloo. And she just thought, well, igloos must be where Penguins live, <laughs> even though it's not even close. Uh, but that is how she came up with the name. Uh, and the Pirates. The Pirates are a weird one. So the Pirates were, were called the Pittsburgh Alleghenies because they – you know, played all their games in Allegheny City. So technically it's, you know, Allegheny's baseball team. However, uh, after 1890, right, we, we stole, there was an off season basically for baseball because uh, they, the players started forming their own league. So they had the American League and the National League. Well, they started the Players League where most of the best players moved over to that team. And they were called the Pittsburgh Burgers for a brief time. So in 1890, our managers and, and went out and sought some of these players that were now kind of independent contractors, including the best players from the Philadelphia Athletics, as Lou Bierbauer and a couple other people too, and literally stole them from the team and brought them here and signed, made them sign contracts. I mean, they willingly signed contracts, but made them an offer they couldn't refuse. So they almost pirated them. And that's exactly what, what they did. So the... The the manager of Philadelphia freaked out when this happened. I mean, you should read the newspapers. It's daily newspapers going back and forth, him calling us every name in the book uh, that you could you know easily write on paper. Um, but the one they finally kind of settled with was the Pirates. You know how it was absolutely piratical. This guy mentioned, and our editors of the newspaper wrote back with just like a you know hashtag R <laughs> right <laughs> and named it the Pirates just for spite. Uh, but that's how they got their name. So, yeah, we're going to dive into all those different types of uh, things, I'm sure, with a third episode for the names of Pittsburgh. And uh, we'll get into even more interesting names. Probably the names of Pittsburgh things, like the Clark Bar. Like, who is a Clark Bar? You know, all that type of stuff. Uh, same with all the different parks and, the, you know, the amusement parks and uh, cool stuff like that. But if you haven't listened to our first episode about Pittsburgh names, go back and listen to that episode uh, you'll learn a great deal about American history, Pittsburgh history, and just the story about your own hometown. You know, where you come from, why they're named this. You know, how, how could you, based upon what you know in the past, name things in the future to kind of assure that certain things do not be lost to time. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting journey that these Pittsburgh names will uh We'll get you down. I recommend a book called The Names of Pittsburgh by Bob Reagan. Uh, he, he came out many years ago, but you can still track it down. It does give some good descriptions. Another one, uh, Franklin uh, Franklin Toker. Uh, he wrote a great book about Pittsburgh that dives into some of these Pittsburgh names from Pittsburgh History and Landmarks Foundation. If you need to get a hold of me, 
email me at oddpittsburgh at gmail.com. Send any kind of suggestions, um, you know, comments, anything you like. Uh, also, you can get a hold of me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. All everything's odd Pittsburgh. And uh, until next time, that's it for Pitt.